Welcome to Bevington Banter, the show where we can sound like we're arguing even when we all agree. I'm Cassidy, and together with my brother Cade and dad Randy, each week we will discuss a selection of news stories, topics surrounding the culture, and matters of freedom and faith. Thanks for listening. Follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Share it, and if you like what you hear, rate it five stars on Apple and Spotify. And today, I almost didn't even want to do the intro because I was just, I've just been so angry and saddened and grieved. And I'm sure we'll get into each of these emotions in turn. But first, we're recording this on Thursday, February 24th. And overnight, Vladimir Putin announced and initiated a full scale invasion of Ukraine from virtually all sides, including amphibiously from the Black Sea. And Belarus joined Russia in the invasion which included bombings of the airfield in the capital city of Kiev, because if you control the airfield, you control who comes and goes and makes it easier to find and detain key political figures. I'm I'm angry mainly because all of this was preventable, but instead our weak, feckless, woke, and many worse words that I'm fighting not to say, leadership, enticed and all but encouraged Putin to do this, Then, unlike Boris Johnson, who spoke out strongly immediately and offered support, the Ukrainian president had to reach out to Biden because he was probably snug in his bed already, secured in his overnight adult diaper, uh, because not only so he had to reach out to Biden, because even though Biden allowed this to happen, he still needs the Ukrainian president still needs Biden's support because, believe it or not, we're still the strongest nation and the strongest voice on global stage. Uh, Now, since then, Biden has come out and spoken, but we'll talk about that, I'm sure. And now we, and much more severely, the Ukrainian people, have to pay the price for this incompetence. And that last statement is also why I'm saddened and grieved for those innocent people. And I could go on, but I'm sure you both have a lot to say. So I'll pause here and let you chime in. Biden's fault. Without a doubt, I mean, the reason that... The reason that... um Putin even has the resources to do this is because we removed ourselves from being a net exporter of oil and natural gas and it just left the door open for Russia to come in and fill that role. They've been supplying um especially through that new Nord Stream, which I know Germany says they're not going to do it, but give it a give it time and they'll cave because they need that stuff. They get like 60 or 70% of their um energy products through that pipeline and i don't see them um i don't see them holding firm to not using that Nord Stream 2 pipeline and that's the reason that amidst all the sanctions nobody has said that they've explicitly said that they are doing sanctions excluding oil and energy yeah i did i heard biden say that in his speech today yeah yes the soviet union is the third largest exporter of oil and the second largest exporter of natural gas in the world that wasn't their status when we were as cade said a net exporter of uh of petroleum products they we um yeah th- this was initiated day one of the biden presidency this was set into motion when he canceled the keystone pipeline and allowed Nord Stream 2 to move forward and put russia in the position Rather than us supplying a great deal of Europe's energy and them being happy that it was us rather than the Russians, we made him, gave them no other choice but then to deal with Russia. And I so saw, that increased his, his finances increased tremendously. Oh, yeah, big time. Billions. I mean, I, I saw a video of um, from when Trump was still president. He was sitting in front of 
some delegation from Germany. I don't know exactly who it was. And he was talking about how, um, no, number one, the spending with NATO, why we spend like 4.6% of a much higher GDP than Germany, who puts in 1% of a smaller GDP, and that we are paying to protect Germany, to protect France from other non-NATO threats, who obviously a big-time one is Russia. And while we're doing that, and while we're putting all this money in to build protection for NATO, to protect them from Russia, they're giving Russia money to supply their energy needs. So they're funding their own enemy, and we're funding their protection. Yeah, I remember that, but but it didn't help then when, when like I said, when Joe Biden turned around and cut off the supply that Germany could have used us to access energy yes. rather than Russia. If we had not given up our energy independence, this never would have happened because Putin would never have had the leverage to do it. And the other thing about the sanctions aren't going, not doing anything because Putin, in his experience, just believes that like Crimea, when they put sanctions on, eventually it hurt for a little while and then everybody would just kind of give up. Don't you think they've taken into account that basically sanctions were going to, they probably just assumed, um, you know, let's assume worst case scenario that they cut off everything. Can we still do this? My guess is they decided right. yes. He's a, My guess Biden is they decided they could do today, it with no help. Biden even said today that the sanctions were not intended to prevent it he knew that it was going to happen and the sanctions then are going were supposed to be for them to feel the effects afterward and it's going to take a while but the russian people are going to feel it and they are actually protesting in moscow which is interesting which is and protests are illegal there and they are their, protesting their, in moscow their market dropped 45 percent yeah due to this that's 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 like you know Oh, I heard somebody say the numbers for us would be like 30 or 32,000. It would drop to 18, like in almost instantaneously, 18,000, the stock market. So know. the question is, how determined is Putin? Is he going to be willing to deal with that uh, on the homeland and his I'm, people? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say that he probably isn't all that worried. Putin's end goal if you listen to his is to speech, put back is together. to put together the Soviet Union again. Yes, but I'm a little bit concerned that he's even going to go further than that because I, I'm I was just seeing maybe 40 minutes ago satellite pictures of him putting troops and armor on the Polish border. Poland wasn't even a part of the original Soviet Union, and not only that, but it's a NATO country. And if he goes into NATO, then that that's World War Three. The question is, what does Who's going to oppose him? The people in the streets, you know, if there are protests in the streets, it's probably not enough. He's going to have to have people in his own government that oppose him. Otherwise, he's sitting there. He's the dictator, basically, of Russia, and he's got 200. He personally has like $200 billion. Yeah, that he's taken from the Russian people. Right. So who's going to oppose him? The only hope is the Russian oligarchs that reside mainly in London and Boris Johnson has been very explicit about cutting off their um, financial supplies and can I, I want to that question of who's going to you know push back against him let's look at um, do a little bit of comparison I mean I know it's not a perfect comparison but Canada <clears throat> Justin Trudeau was elected with 17 percent so that's not a big strong you know support. But he has enough support. Um, he basically took over the 
country as a dictator. He crushed the protest. Um, it's all now done, done and over, and he got what he wanted. And even though there was a huge uprising against him, because he has the people in place that exercise the power and you know, control enough of the country that who's going to do it? The people in Canada went to sleep, you know, one night, and then they woke up under emergency powers, um, and they basically were in a different country than they were when they went to bed the night before, and there's nothing they can do about it. And that's what's happening to the, in the Ukraine right now. They're going to become a different country overnight, ruled by the Russians. The only difference is is that in Canada, they didn't fire a shot, and in Ukraine, they are there is fighting. But other than that, the, the, the effects are the same. You, 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 you wake up in a different country than you went to bed in. Um. Had you heard that he re- that he revoked those emergency yes. powers? Yeah, because there was basically a run weird. on the banks, which is um, what exactly what I yeah, said. Yeah, I had heard there was yeah. pressure from the banks, though I couldn't find it. I tried searching for a story I, with that. I wouldn't call it a hardcore 1929 run on the bank, you know, that we had here in the United States with the Depression, but they had essentially the beginnings of a run on the banks. People were be- were pulling out their money. People from other countries were, were pulling out money, and they were pulling out their money and shutting their accounts, and the banks brought pressure to say, look, you, you, th- this has got to change. But the thing is, so what? He, They revoked, now, or they've turned off, however you want to say it, the emergency powers. Tell me what's different. He'll still do whatever he needs to do at the time to maintain control. Um, tell me what's different. So we've got we've got some different words out there, but he got what he wanted. He's in control, and he's able to do with whatever he needs to do at the time to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. So tell me what's different. I'm going to give you some. Um, this is a reason why you tune into Bevington Banter as opposed to the Daily Wire. If you only have a choice of which of one to listen to, you should turn to Bevington Banter. Can we? And we don't have a paywall. Can we? You know, a lot of yeah. their stuff is free, but. Can we talk about the fact, I mean, and I don't have any proof for this, but can we speculate a little bit and this, whether this is reasonable? I don't think it's unreasonable. What if Biden thought that, more was to come of him being exposed with his corrupt dealings in the Ukraine, especially now that we've got the Durham report starting to actually produce some material with all the Russian collusion and all that kind of stuff. What would work better than to allow the Ukraine government to fall into Russian hands and then it'll never be exposed? I can't believe that nobody has said that. Why is yet. that? Why is that an absurd Thesis. Oh no! I, I, yeah, I, I've said that before. I mean, pri- privately to people that um, why wouldn't why wouldn't so there was either there was either going to be that Biden was going to defend Ukraine to keep those things quiet, or a guarantee from Putin that you get Ukraine that stuff never comes out. That if you're going to take Ukraine, you have to completely take it, the, take the whole country, and. All that stuff goes away. Yeah, I mean, why would what what would be what would be Putin's motives for exposing it? He doesn't need to expose it. He has the threat. Simply has the threat of exposing it if he knows and, the details and control of exactly the U.S. Basically, exactly. Yeah. So then he I gets mean, Ukraine and blackmail power. Why does all of this it's get discussed? Why does all of this get discussed? And there's never a mention of their dealings, corrupt. 
petroleum dealings in the Ukraine. All of the mainstream media talks about has been you talking sound about like the, a Russian. This Ukraine keep calling it the Ukraine. <laughs> okay, whatever. That's has been Putin talking about it. Ukraine for weeks and months now and never utters one syllable about the corrupt dealings of the Bidens in Ukraine and petroleum. How is that possible? How is that even possible? I have no idea. Well, because when didn't you remember from the elections, the exit polling showed like 40 some percent of people after they voted didn't even had never even heard of Hunter Biden. So they don't even know about it. So they're not even people don't even know about it. So they can't even be like, why aren't you reporting this? Because they don't even know that it was a thing to begin with. Yeah, yes, but, but if you're a journalist, it's your job to let people know what they don't yeah, but know. We already know that they're not journalists anymore. Yeah, but somebody out there ought to be. Yeah, I'm not even uh, as far as like mentioning Burisma right now while all this is going on. I see very few people, even people that you would consider to be conservatives, like, you know, dig for the truth journalists. I'm not even seeing them say it. So Yeah, I have not seen it anywhere. Everybody's so focused on just the actual invasion right now that yeah. nobody is talking about. I've seen some people obviously talk about what um what put Putin in a position to even launch something like this? And they've then that's when they started talking about shutting down the Keystone Pipeline and stuff like that. But no one has really talked about the Biden's involvement in in all of that. So, in addition to shutting down the Keystone Pipeline, you know, setting this whole thing up, also it, it just goes farther back than that because I think the Russian uh, when when they invaded or when they took over Crimea. And, you know, at first we imposed sanctions, people imposed sanctions, and then eventually they just kind of gave up on sticking to those sanctions. And so that told Putin, okay, I can just wait it out, right? That told him, hey, I'm good. You know, everybody said, hey, no, no. And then they just let him go. And then, you know, last year we just give Afghanistan over to the Taliban. And then now it looked like we're going to just give, uh, you know, we people – then Biden gets an office and allows, like, basically allows for Putin to just take Ukraine, setting up. Also, he's going to think, wow, just keep going, right? And China and Taiwan, of course. Everyone's looking at them now. And a Chinese media outlet, they put out, um, they it got leaked their instructions on how they were to cover this issue. And basically saying, like, we, we don't want to show any pro-Western thing because we're going to, that we are going to need um we're going to need Russia's support when we go into Taiwan and and then today well then a chinese spokesperson came out and said uh, the quote was Taiwan is not Ukraine Taiwan has always been an inalienable part of China this is an indisputable legal and historical fact so even trying to make a, even stronger argument similar to how Putin said, you know, Ukraine, he tried to make it sound like Ukraine always belongs to us, so we have the right to go in there. China is setting up the same thing. And they, uh, Taiwan warned against Chinese aircraft in their air defense zone this morning. Yeah, they said there nine was nine, nine aircraft in their airspace that they said was basically like a mock run to see what, right. the, what the defense response was like. Yeah, and what the Chinese are doing is they're setting up um, the consistency they want to be a, a consistency of message so that, you know, we, we say Russia and Ukraine, 
because that was a part of Russia. We're saying China and Taiwan because Taiwan right. belongs. So it's just they're, they're setting up a consistency of message. I wonder how. I mean, that that's going to happen fairly quickly. I don't see. Why and would it, they and, wait and it really, now at this point? It, it really is almost like there was some talk between Russia and China anyway because Putin waited till right after the Olympics. Yes, and there was recently a big old coal deal, something. Uh, Russia just sold China like a bunch of coal. I don't know. I'll go back farther than Russia and Ukraine, though, to think why would Biden or anybody respond? And I mean... Hong Kong had a deal that with one China. Too. I forgot about that one. That you know they they what they were they were basically be left alone for like what was it forty nine years or something, and then in t- twenty twenty just out of the blue, boom, China moves in and takes over Hong Went Kong, and, and, and we just and, let them have it, and nobody did anything about nobody it, did anything. not a thing. The only guy that did was Daryl Morey. He sent out a tweet and he got it fired. Yeah, <laughs> that was the totality of the American response. So why would you think that we'd defend Taiwan? I mean, if there's anything, that, that just made my blood boil to think that they could just do that and have nobody respond. How, again, how would, you like to be, how would you like to be those people who go to bed one night and wake up the next morning and your world is completely different? Yeah. And I, 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 I couldn't understand imagine non-interventionalists, That's... non-interventionalists saying um, that, I don't want to put our do, troops there, that we don't want to do any of this stuff. And, and, and neither do I. It's it's not our ground war, but it might be our war. I, I mean, in, in some way, because um, if we don't do something now, non-militarily, if we don't do something now, non-militarily, they will keep going and it will have to become our war. Yeah. yeah when do, right. When do we finally yeah. respond when they're when they're landing on the beaches on the east and when west coast? When they attack Pearl Harbor. I'm not trying to say that we should be military involved. I'm just we have to do something well to prevent that. It's the way that happening. you go about being militarily involved. Um I heard Bongino talking we about We are this. sending troops to NATO nations, more troops to Europe. I, he was saying that um he goes I can't confirm this, but there is a guy that was I guess that just had interviewed um Trump and he was saying that um Trump when he was president, he had met with both Putin and yes. Xi Jinping, and basically he told them, uh, you know, told Putin, I don't know what it was, but they were in the palace or wherever, and there was all these ornate gold-looking, he called them tur- Trump's called them turds. He said, you see all those gold turds? They'll be turned to dust. I mean, it's just, <laughs> I, I will strike Moscow. Right, I will and strike the, the Mos- thing was, he told them, yeah, he said the, not turds, it was turrets, golden oh, turrets. Oh, I thought they said turds. You know the big, you know the picture, <laughs> the image of Moscow with the big, and oh, yeah, the yeah, golden yeah. turrets? Okay. That's what he's talking about. Okay. <laughs> turds. But basically the conversation to both of them was saying, I want a good relationship, but if you do X, we won't be able to have a good relationship, and that's not going to be good for you. Yeah, that that that's it's about what is the response? The response is we will bring as much absolute devastating pain upon you as rapidly as we possibly can. That's Well, remember that's, that's Putin's threat too to anybody who gets that was uh that was hardly a veiled threat yeah. of nuclear but retaliation. But we can carry it out more than him he and cannot we cannot possibly think that's a good idea. We can right. Or we can carry it out more that than that him, and we can, and it doesn't have to be nuclear for us to carry it out in a the, devastating manner. 
The nuclear point, though, is worth talking about for a moment, because that's another issue here, is that Ukraine was basically promised protection if they gave up their nukes, and eventually they did that, they capitulated, and now, turns out, it didn't do anything. So any other country that's ever agreed to give up their nuclear pursuits for this is going to look at this situation, and they're going to do everything, like... No, they're going to want nukes now because they're going to know, right? They're going to know that that promise means nothing. They need nukes to prevent this from ever happening to them. It's going to become have... harder and harder to develop a nuclear program at this point, though. I, I don't know. Um, I I don't know exactly the specifics, but I've heard in the past that the U.S. actually does not have the capability to make more nukes anymore. Is that true? I've never heard that. I have no idea. We have like, they estimate that we have like 6,500 nuclear why? warheads. What would be stopping us? I have no idea. I heard uranium? some lady say it on Newsmax today. She says, it's no not, more uranium? she says it's not a very commonly known thing, but the U.S. couldn't just really easily make more nukes if they wanted to. That it, the, the number's been about the same basically since the Cold War. Well, have we shut down production plants? Then it'd take a that while to scale be, it back yeah, up? that may be true. My guess know. would be it's just that we've scaled down and it'd take a while to scale back yeah. up. Probably, probably. We can't just at will make more. But you know how long it takes to develop a nuclear program? I don't know if the countries that we promised that are going to be able to just say, hey, we got like we have like five nukes now. I mean, because we're I mean, look at it. We're not even pursuing nuclear energy. So what nuclear facility processing plant or whatever do we have? So I would think it'd be an issue of scaling back up. But yes, if you if you're worried about you know territorial advances from Russia and China, the, any other nation in the world, pretty much other than the United States, the only chip you have is a nuke. Yep. So you're not going to give it up. I don't necessarily know because I, I Cassidy, you said that um, you, you, he can't think that that's a good idea. I don't think he does think it's a good idea, but he's really. He's but really, he's willing. Yeah, he's really he cut might himself actually off. be willing to do it. He's completely yeah. cut himself off. He's completely backed into a corner. He either gets what he wants or, or he loses it. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm going to take this discussion, and this is a good opportunity to do it, and I'm going to broaden it out to a really, really big picture. <clears throat> the way that this can be dealt with in a way that um, Putin is not near the threat that he is now. You say he's backed into the corner. He has no other option, and, and I get that. But here's the way you even remove the corner. We need to understand as America that this constitutionally mandated country that we live in, uh, that co the co constitutional America, we are the good guys in the world. We are so far away from that. The left thinks that just scoffs at that idea. We are the good guys in the world and we need to begin to to implement and encourage and support and spend whatever it takes all around the world to promote our ideas, our principles and anything that helps us become stronger, not at the cost of tearing down other nations, but anything that makes us stronger. Because we need to be a stronger nation as the good guys of the world 
so that we have every tool at our disposal and we have countries that we are that are working with us such as Europe in energy with the, with the with our exporting energy to them so that they don't turn to Russia and if we did that and through all that the world is is elevated because we are elevated then the threats of Russia become abs- just just fade away yeah, that that is yeah, the definitely problem is the number we don't think one. we're the good guys. We're too busy navel gazing about all the evils in our society, and that's well, that that's is what we need to get people in. We, we need do. to get people in power that think differently. I mean, we need to get people in office that think that understand that we are the good guys, and as the wor- as we rise, the world rises. And can we keep? Can we stop also pretending as a nation that we are a member of that? There's this greater thing like the U.N. and it matters and it's something that we should be a part of. No, we should just be the U.S. The U.N. is such a farce and it basically has been for. I've thought a lot lately about what I would do if I was president day one. Day one, I would tell everybody that's in the U.N. building, you've got, I don't know four days five days to get everything you need out of that building yep. because the book what and a I main would, like message a way to send that message that we are the good guys and this is a joke and it's i would literally send a e- bunch of bulldozers of evil people i would send a bunch of bulldozers and wrecking balls and all that and park them right there in the parking lot and say you got four days to get out because then we got it's coming you down see the ukrainian ambassador to the UN speaking before the Security Council, literally as Russia is invading, he basically said, I was going to come here to ask, you know, whatever, will will you do whatever you can to stop? Will you promise that you won't invade? But that's our, it's already too late. He's like 40 minutes ago, too late. And he's saying, will you say this? And the Russian ambassador is just kind of, and he told the the Russian ambassador that he was going straight to hell. Yeah, called him a war criminal. He did. Yep. Russia is on the Security Council. They currently, and the presidency rotates, Russia currently holds the presidency of the UN Security Council. What a joke. And, like, the Human Rights Council, Pakistan, China, Libya, Somalia, all these nations are on it. The UN is ridiculous. Yeah, I, I literally, I mean, I, I would I would love it. I'd, I'd send a bunch of bulldozers and, and these big wrecking, and I'd park them in the parking lot and say, you got four days. I have way less of It'd a problem. It'd be hilarious. I have way less of a problem with something like NATO than I do for something like the UN because the UN yeah. is an organization and NATO is is a treaty. I mean, it's not it's still sovereign countries, but the UN kind of tries to act like a world like, government. Yeah. And, and like it, like the European Union has become basically one Not only that, we support we foot the bill of most of of the United Nations. We fit the bill of everything. So yeah, we these, fit the bill of everything. I know. So these people are um, sitting there, and they're running NATO these too. councils, security and human rights councils, and they contribute nothing to it. There's that they go there, and we pay their way, and then they call us the you know evil. And then they censor censor us. Yeah. See, this is where I said, no, folks, we are the good guys. We're the good guys. We you need to get this through our head. I mean, we have been up until we started actually betraying our allies our constitution oh, yeah. yeah and 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 it, and and it seems and it seems so it really does seem them. so purposeful at this point i mean we're because you're we there what you were talking about earlier there is one thing that we could do that would just crush putin's agenda right now and it would be if we just said 
start fracking, drill for oil, open yes. the pipelines. Europe, we have all of the energy supplies that you need. Cut all ties with Russia right now or we'll sanction you too. There is so much oil in Alaska. Why do we not? Here's another one. Why Why is Europe, because Biden basically said when asked about this after he spoke today, um, he didn't mention anything about the SWIFT financial, like sanctioning on, li- in the, on the lines of the SWIFT financial banking thing, which is basically um, a platform that allows transfer of funds through from country to like nation to nation and cutting Russia off from that, which would be devastating. He first he said the san- these sanctions are are more than what that would be, which is not true. That would really hurt them. And he basically said that's not what our European like the other members of NATO wanted to do. So that's why. So he just voted with them. Why doesn't Europe? Why are they unwilling to do this? I heard a theory to- about how that's bad for the United States, though, because China banks are apparently going to fill that role. And with how much dealings China already does worldwide, that would basically be the beginning of the end of the U.S. dollar being. Um, so you're saying cur- if we cut Russia off, then Russia would just do yeah, business well, with we Chinese would, banks? And it could be the beginning of us no longer being the reserve currency. Well, I don't, okay. I don't know about. You know, I don't know the actual details of that, but I do know this. China has major, major financial problems, too. They are upside down in their finance. They've got a lot of financial institutions failing and their projects failing and the funding for it failing. So I don't know if they could do. Now, I will agree. If the U.S. dollar ever stops being the world reserve currency, your world will well, be unlike anything you've ever known it to be. But I don't know that that's. We we need to be careful for sure. Absolutely, we're doing stupid things when we have that our GDP to debt ratio is at one hundred and nineteen percent higher than it's ever been. Yeah, that's not good. Can but, you but, explain? Yes, we at are all what that means. Our debt, we have a GDP. How much goods and services we we produce and and you know carry out business every year? There's a dollar amount of of what is our gross domestic product every year. Our debt is one is is all of that and another 19 percent beyond what our GDP is each year. So our debt is more than what our GDP is for a year by 19 percent. I mean, usually, I mean, could you run your household at 119 percent? A link that talks about GDP statistics and how for one year, maybe, but not long term, but which. uh, I mean, China has big problems financially. Uh, no, yeah, I saw so you saw their real estate market folding. Right, how they're like basically demolitioning all those high rise apartment apartment buildings because nobody can buy them. Yeah, right. they they definitely have their own problems. The, the, here's the thing with the, with the sanctions, like you're talking about, is the same as militarily. The way to do it is you do it as hard and as fast as you can to bring about capitulation as rapidly as possible. I don't. Yes, you know, and we know that that's not the intention of this because Biden himself said that this is going burn. to be felt over time. Yeah. Well, go talk to Vietnam veterans about how they feel about that, or the or the people who have just spent twenty years in Afghanistan. You, I mean, I know it's hard, and I know it's miserable, and I know, but you, but you end it as fastly as possible. Can I? Can I point this out? That was the whole premise of dropping two nuclear weapons on Japan. That we're going to end it. It's going to be costly. It's going to be terrible. But it's going to end it as rapidly as possible. And in the long run, less misery will be suffered because of it. Oh, yeah. The estimates are that 
that preventing uh, a ground war with Japan saved millions of lives, which is far more than the two bombs took. Yeah. And uh, that's not saying that the bombs are was a good, wonderful thing. It's not like we were dropping flowers on them. We get that. But it, it is far better in the long run to to be as powerful and as swift as possible, to make it end as fast as possible. And we just don't ever do that. We haven't done that since Vietnam. To be fair, that is the argument of using emergency powers in Canada to shut down the protests. Well, you still I need guess to it fall. matters on the intent. Like yeah. if it well, was it was well, I guess they took as much power as possible. They moved it, as hard and fast as they could so that they could end it as quickly as possible. Okay, but I'm going to point something out here, and this and is he critical. Did. They they violate you violate. They can say that we had emergency powers, but I still believe that violated the um, I don't know what they call it. The Canadians. Con- it's, they literally have it's called the Canadian Bill of Rights. Okay, so it violated that. Um, you have to violate that in order to do that. When you're talking about wars between countries, unless oh, you know. have some kind of okay, you're not. I was joking. I'm mainly. not. Okay, so you're not breaking the law. No, no, I know. I was mainly joking. I'm just saying that's the same thing that. And the reason dictators do it is because it works really good. Yes. But when you're the good guys and you're, I mean, there's a different there's a different motive behind it. I mean, you could say we have a moral obligation. I believe that in the big picture, we do have a moral obligation to do it. So it's decided. We nuke Russia. So okay, we've, no. we've decided right here. On yeah, the right here. All, we have the good thing that we don't of, have the codes. All in favor of nuking Russia, the, say aye. Good thing we don't have the football. The football. Here's the thing that, I mean, I, I hope you're kind of joking. Trust me, we can wreak amazing devastation on Russia without ever firing a nuke. I am yes. joking. Okay, thank you. No, no, no. I have actually thought that the whole time. I, I, I was actually thinking to myself today, if we went to war with Russia and they decided to launch a couple nukes, I'm pretty sure that we could crush them and destroy them without ever using a nuke ourselves. I, I think we could. I think, yeah, no, but isn't I, that I what you're saying? Get, we don't need a nuke to defeat we Russia. We don't need a nuke to defeat Russia. But, but if they launched a nuke on us, I'd probably have to give them one in return just for good measure. <laughs> like, like right on top of the Kremlin. There's only like two places in in Russia to nuke. Other than that, there's like two people every hundred square miles. Yeah, so it's Moscow. Yeah, and uh, Siberia. <laughs> yeah, Kiev, the now Russian Kiev. ancestral homeland. <laughs> Did you guys hear Tucker Carlson saying? I've heard the clip. Why would we? I disagree. Why with would him. we side with Ukraine? Yeah. What is he serious? He or said was if he, he had to choose advocate? between Ukraine and Russia right now, why wouldn't he pick Russia? I thought that was yeah. odd. I thought that was a that little weird. That is odd. I like Tucker Carlson, but, but I that was, was weird. Was his point that you're siding with? He the said winner? they're the one with the money, knowing the oil and. Yeah, he was saying you're siding with the person who's a stronger country. Yeah, that's what he was. That was his point. Yeah, but with a more evil dictator. Yeah. Can, yeah. Well, let's let's. I get. I almost. But because also, also then, then why would Putin stop in Ukraine? I almost threw up in my mouth hearing the mainstream media talk about Ukraine as we had to defend a democracy. I'm so oh, sick Ukraine of hearing that term. The, the 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 democratically elected leader of Ukraine is in prison by the by the current leader. 
Okay, it's not a democracy. And on top of that, they are highly corrupt, as we know before. Isn't Russia the country, or I mean, not Russia, isn't Ukraine the country that uh, not only the whole Burisma thing, but isn't that the country where he, where Biden basically got the their version of the attorney general fired, fired. by yes. saying that we're going to withhold um, a and, billion dollars? And the reason was because that attorney general wasn't corrupt enough for him and was going to actually look into the dealings that Hunter Biden did. So he said, you fire that essentially attorney general, their version of attorney general, or we're going to withhold like a billion dollars from you. Find the link and post it, Cassidy. To what? There's video of of Joe Biden sitting there going... You know, they're looking into the, the like you said, the yeah. attorney general's looking into Burisma, and he told them, he said, we think this guy's corrupt. I'm leaving here in six hours. If he's not gone, you don't get the billion dollars. Yeah. And then he says, yeah. well, son of a, he got fired. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'll find it and I'll tweet, I'll tweet also, out a video of it. Also, the same left, the same media, whatever, that's now saying, calling, we have to defend Ukrainian democracy or whatever they're saying now, is the same people who who pushed and for impeachment of trump over a phone call to ukraine yeah and you they know don't love them they didn't love them then cnn has been having this moron uh um vinman alexander i think is his first name vinman who was a, like a lieutenant colonel or something in the army who was major part of the leak of the ukraine phone call they keep having having him on um on the you know their their broadcast he's one of those guys I want to line him up and Millie and Austin and all those more people. I want to line them all up and uh, we'll let Corn Pop have a shot at him. And he's he's that's... Ukrainian. He's Vinman is Ukrainian and he serves. You know, he's now in he's in the U.S. Army, but that's his. That's another really devastating part of this, and is that. You know, if things do progress, as things do progress, we have to put, you know, we've we've sent military or we've sent forces to Europe to show that we would defend NATO countries. If somebody went in to uh, if they tried to go into a NATO country and we were forced to engage the fact that I have no faith and trust at all in our military leadership, not our military members, not everybody in the military, but the leadership is yeah, it was only a couple of months. All this sad. stuff has yeah. been brewing, and yet we had to sit there and listen to the our military leadership tell us about you know white supremacy and stuff in the military and how they're going to do stand downs and woke culture training and all this kind of stuff. While all this stuff was was brewing and percolating, I mean, I'm so glad to hear that you were that General Milley that you wanted to understand you know white white supremacy. Um, good Which, job. I'd also like to talk about just that the the sadness of having no faith in them but also the sadness that I and the the emotions that I felt last night and I'm sure because I've never I wasn't this old you know I was we'd been in we had been in Afghanistan since I was seven so I didn't have the same experience of watching something unfold live in front of my eyes realizing that some Innocent people's lives were about, like, were in danger. They were going to go through such pain and suffering. And and I'm, I was literally, you know, watching live video of Kiev and the bombings and, like, all those people who are waking up and in the morning and they're like, well, I guess what do we... And it was super weird to see them, like, going about, like, cars driving as this was 
just announced the invasion was happening and but just like what do they do and trying to imagine yourself in their shoes and feeling so grieved for them to like well I guess we get up and go to work but then today they're huddled in or yesterday for them whatever the day is time change they were all huddled in train stations and you know seeking shelter from bombings and it's crazy yeah it really affected me when I saw a video of a jet fly oh, by yeah. and out launch a rocket at, it looked like they were launching a rocket at a house somebody recording out and of their the window kids screaming and in this, the background yes. and then i also saw a video it's heartbreaking i saw a video of a father um you know kissing his daughters goodbye and his wife and putting them on a train and they're leaving and he's staying um that's hard to watch yeah they're um ukraine is basically handing out guns to anybody that will take one you heard the, well, the, um, the Newsmax reporter. The Ukrainian president said, "If you can hold a gun, yeah, please." Did you hear the the Newsmax reporter? She is, um, I mean, she is a woman, but she's I would qualify her qualify her as fighting age, I guess. Um, she's Australian, and she said yeah. that she was told that if she went and gave her information and said she was going to fight, that they'd give her a gun and tell her where to go. She didn't even have to be Ukrainian. And then I saw a number that said just today that uh, in Kiev alone, they handed out 10,000 rifles to civilians. And now they have actually announced that uh, male citizens of Ukraine between ages of 18 and 60 are prohibited from leaving the country. By the way, Newsmax, I think we've is what we have mostly been watching. I've been watching in and out as I can. I would suggest Newsmax as a... They're, the coverage is better. I just think overall they just tell me what I want to know also. Like I'll – even Fox, I turn on there. I'm like, can you actually tell me something of substance and like have somebody on? Right. There's I no really filter. There's no there, – the it's, it's less coverage. filtered. Yeah. They just give you the straight scoop. I My only thing is I hope that with all the guns that they're handing out that they're handing out ammunition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be important. I can't imagine it's much though. I know. Um, I, I imagine it's – the guns and a little bit of ammunition and more ammunition will come as needed. I can't imagine they're giving them a bunch right away. Yeah. If if you live past the first week and you make it back here for some more ammunition, we'll give you some. But we got to keep some of it. Yeah, I would think that they would have to certainly ration it out at first until they get an idea of where they stand. What do you guys think of the uh, convoy that they're preparing here in the U.S. I heard Matt Walsh's take on that today, and I thought that he had some very good points and is probably right And that, well, what, first of all, what are they protesting? Whereas in Canada, they had a very clear right. what they wanted to get rid of. So, and it, so now it's like, okay, if you're protesting the mandate, like it's a little late. Um, there's no like super clear purpose. It's just going to be a distraction for the administration to just point to look at them causing all these issues as they are they're already in a they already and they know it you can tell that they know it they're in a disaster mode for the midterms all you're going to do is give them something to point at to help them yeah i'm not sure i'm not really crystal clear on what the convoy is for here in the united states um 
yeah I, I i mean i didn't i haven't listened to i haven't heard matt walsh talk about it but i'm not really cl- crystal clear on that but even so he played a clip he played a clip of one of the organizers talking about what they wanted and it was very much like they want to end to the man well the mandates are largely rolled back for you because you right. don't work for the unless so you work for the federal odd. government you're right you're, you don't have so a if you were doing this a year ago it makes sense but right. yeah my my thought was in thinking about it in context of the Canadians as well is that they're um, I, I wouldn't I'd be hard pressed to say that their freedom convoy was successful because nothing changed, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so what would be because when you're physically there then they can physically come after you. What would be far more effective is for what would be termed just a general strike. Yeah, just stop the driving. working class people yeah. of the country. Just say we ain't going into work today, and we're not going into work tomorrow or the next day either, until this changes. That would be. And who are they going to come after? Who, they're going to tow your tow truck? Well, I, your your semi? Well, I'm not driving. We're all just staying home, which is what you did to us anyways back at the beginning of coronavirus yeah, two it's years what you ago. You wanted us to do. <laughs> so that would be infinitely more. Um, productive and they wouldn't have a target to go after. Especially like if people that worked at a power plant just said, we're not going to work. Yeah. I mean, but truckers just, instead of going and congesting the streets and honking and making people mad, just, you could also, oh, and also, you know, the fuel to drive across the country, you could just not drive and not deliver stuff. And make the same right impact. statement. Yep. Yeah, to me that that makes a whole lot more sense, and I would certainly be supportive of it. Yeah, I didn't, Dad would stop going to work. I didn't support. I didn't send any <laughs> money to the Canadian truck drivers. I certainly would have, but until I had faith that it was going to um, get to them and not yeah. be you know shut down by the government. Or that it was going to, you know, there was a realistic uh, chance of them being successful. Um, I, I, I wasn't going to until I saw that. And, it, and that never happened, so I never did. But I certainly would be supportive of more, you know, whatever it took to pull off a general strike. Because I don't think, I think it's going to be more successful and, and they don't have any hard targets to go after. I would be, I would be more inclined to support a convoy at this point if, if they were going to D.C., Maybe during like it seems like they're kind of locking down D.C. for the State of they the were, Union. Yes, they were. Their goal was to get there by the State of the Union. So if they were doing that, and your goal were just to um, generally protest Biden in general and just call him out as a brain dead dementia patient, and that you want him out of office, or if you're if you're protesting because of. Um, you know, shutting down the pipeline and stuff like that. And we should be opening back up and we should be more self-sufficient Then I, I could get behind that at this point. But I'm I don't understand the driving against the convoys. There's obviously still a lot of stories about masks on kids in school, which I still don't understand. But that seems to be prominent. They're, yeah, they're doing that school district by school district or um, pushing back against the ability to take your mask off. I, I listened to a lady yesterday who their even their board has agreed to remove remove mask. And so there are parents that have brought lawsuits to say, no, they need to stay on because my kid you know, yeah, falls under the ADA. Insane. 
American yeah, with Disabilities the Act. The American and Disabilities Act. Yeah. And it's a the only reasonable um, accommodation is to make every single child wear, wear a mask. mask. Yeah. So I, I'm with you. Bubble. It's insanity. Put I'm with you. One kid in the bubble. Bubble boy. Bubble um, boy. I'm with you on the idea of uh, pushing back, especially like things against, um, say, the border's got to be fixed. You know, we're going to general we're going to strike until the border is fixed. Yeah, yeah you could drive for that too. Um I would that would be a good one. That'd be a huge one. Um that's the kind we of could, thing they where they could line their trucks along the, border. the southern border. Yeah. Well, Boom. I that's one of those I think about what would be I do the first day as president and that would be it. I would just I would First of all, I would say I'm a one-term president because the left and the the left and the media and all that's going to align against me so hard. I'm not going to be reelected, so I'm not worried yeah. about it, folks. You I'm doing everything try. I need yeah. to do in four years. And you years. know what? And day, you might actually get reelected. I know. I know. And in day <laughs> and in day one, I would say the border is closed until we get a handle on what's going on. Until we understand the laws that are currently on the books and how they can best be implemented. And if we need to make changes to those laws, until we get a handle on that, it's closed. Done. And that's actually where you would have uh, credence to say this is an emergency. Well, not only that. It doesn't even need to be an emergency. The president has that power. The, that's that within is the, the president's right. scope is, is immigration. people coming. Immigration is within the president's power. That's the one thing that he can do at Constitutionally, will. yes. Yes. So, yeah, the, you know, my trouble with the things I thought about doing day one is like the list really grows. It's, it's too long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's not enough time in the day. Open the keystone pipeline. What time pipeline. am I sworn in? Can we move that up? Can we move the inauguration yes. up? Yeah. When was the last time that um, immigration was just completely closed? Because it wasn't as freakishly long ago as people would think uh, it was. It wasn't 20, like in the 60s. 1926. I don't think uh, so. It was closed from like in 1926 60s. until 1963, I think. Okay. That, so the 63 is when it opened um, back somewhere up. Somewhere in that time frame, um, Teddy Kennedy pushed to start opening it back up. Yeah. Like, I mean, like the whole... At that time, everybody was coming. That was when everyone was coming through Ellis Island, right? And coming in, and 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 they just and said, "We need We're to closing assimilate. It we need to assimilate these people instead right. of just continually bringing more people in." And they closed it for a long time. Yeah, about forty years. And that was not that long ago. Right. I mean, in the scope of everything, you were alive. Yeah. That means absolutely. that when you were born. Immigration was shut down. Immigration was closed in the United States. You right. could not immigrate to the United States. Wow, you're old. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I am. Appreciate me while you have me. <laughs> oh, I definitely appreciate you. You, um, you didn't appreciate me at the beginning of this podcast. Everyone, tensions no, were high. No, okay, tensions having high. moments of I'm frustration kidding. when yes. technical difficulties make so it 20 minutes late knows. and it, I have... One yeah. to edit this before youth group. Just so everybody like, that knows. That doesn't mean I don't appreciate you. Tensions were very high before before the recording started with technical. Kind of like they were in Ukraine before. Yeah, because by, I was thinking when you said, when you were reading our thing and you said, sounds like we're arguing even when we all agree. Right. And I was, oh, and we I almost I almost butted in and said, and especially when we're actually especially arguing. Especially when we're actually arguing. <laughs> sounds like we're arguing uh, I, even when we agree. And especially when we're actually arguing. So I'm watching, um, I just looking at a, a telegram that Mr. Guns and Gear sent out and it's um, Moscow police 
arresting protesters. Yeah, that was only a matter of time. They almost they started don't really, right they away. They don't really like and dissidents. I will say, the people who are protesting right now in St. Petersburg and in Moscow and a couple other places I've seen videos of, those people are super brave. Yeah, they Because are. there are now... I've seen videos where it looks like there's a thousand people, th- thousands of people there. Yeah. They were arresting Can you imagine people. being the first person out there? Yeah. They were arresting people by the hundreds, but they can't even keep up at this point with how many people are out there. And they're just at this point trying to contain it. But at first, like right off the bat, they arrested 180 people. But then they kind of decided we can't arrest, you know, several thousand people. So they just started to contain it. There's a lot of people there. There's a lot of protesting going on. And it's and to to protest in a city like Moscow with a dictator like Putin when it's illegal to protest, they're, they're pretty brave. Did you guys see the story of the Los Alamitos school that sent their kids yeah, was Los to science camp and they Somebody had transgender, Shelley. yes, transgender men, transgender men sp- well, transgender women, I guess is technically the term, men who think they're women, they were allowed to spend the night in the girls' cabins because they claim to be women. So as a parent, I would lose my mind if grown men were spending the night in the cabins that with my be drinking. Grade. I didn't know it was Los Alamitos. We know someone who's been on the city council there for a long time and rotationally the mayor, been the mayor. Well, She's California gotta be, law and I know says that she they had would to, be the, livid the over camp this. said, California law said that they have to go with what they, you know, they say they claim that they are, and they couldn't, and so the camp, the, they were called to, to um, the camp and asked, can you confirm that men are not staying or transfer, and they, and, they, and they said, no, we can't confirm, we can't confirm that because yes, it is, it does happen, that's California law. Apparently, I think it was three nights, three nights, these men spent in the fifth grade girls or 10 year I forget they I've heard fifth grade I've heard 10 years old that's obviously not the same thing girls cabins you know showering using the restroom all that it doesn't really matter what California law says dad law says because they claim to be women getting their jaw wired shut I don't know how I'm well I I know why it can't be but if it wasn't for California law saying that then they should be prosecuted that is for sexual you're you're a sexual deviant abuser. What, um, oh, offender. What do they call that when you get put on sexual, the list? I don't think there's a list of sexual deviants. Yeah, that would be a, a long list. I am officially yeah, yeah. launching Operation <laughs> Millstone. If anybody would like, if I could get a generous Millstone. benefactor to please support Operation Millstone. If you don't understand what this operation is about, read your Bible. Last night, getting ready for church, though, I, I I went in my room to change clothes real quick to get ready to go to church, and I didn't lock the door, and boom, sure enough, there's Callie comes walking in. He was tur- <laughs> scarred he was, for life. He was turned around. No, she was, was not scarred yeah. for life. She ran around the house yelling, Grandpa's a naked baby. Grandpa's a naked baby. <laughs> she doesn't think about it. <laughs> oh. Naked oh. baby, naked baby, grandpa's naked, a naked baby, baby, naked baby. Yeah, yeah, because that's because <laughs> that's what we yell when she runs around or when Cameron runs around. Like right before bath time, Cameron will run around the house and Callie will go, "Naked baby, naked baby." Okay, so now now I'm not sure if we should call the episode from Russia with Vial or Grandpa's a naked Grandpa's baby. a naked baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I'll put my rear end up against anybody my age. That's I'll sexual assault. I'll put my rear assault. end up against people 20 years younger than me. You can't be putting your rear end on people. 
Hey, 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 those are your words. Those are your words, not mine. I'm just saying that that's kind of illegal. <laughs>